I first came face to face with them back in the early 2000s when somebody who had originally created a car company in Canada and brought Yugo to North America, Mr. Malcolm Bricklin, was talking about bringing a Chinese auto manufacturer to the North American marketplace. Cherry International became one of my first companies I ever heard of from China. And then at Detroit, I saw Cherry along with Dongfang and Bid. Three, three Chinese automakers. And I thought to myself, okay, there's three Chinese automakers. How many more can there be? Less than a decade. A decade later, when I started building the corporate links website page, I started realizing how big the Chinese market is. And then I started saying to myself, this is well over the saturation point. And how far can this market go before it finally explodes? And that is something we're going to look at today. Autologues.net Autopod, streaming day or night, coming right at you, right here, right now. Welcome back to the Autolux Podcast. I am your host, as always, the doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J. Talking to you today from our host site, Autolux.net, and the home of the most exclusive corporate links website page in the world for automobile companies. Big or small, we have them all on Autolux.net. And we'll also there check out our rated pages to see how well the exterior designs of your favorite models stack up against the competition. And then we'd also get like to give a thanks out to Podbeam, our our host podcast site for getting us out into the world and to all the streaming services that we all love. So thank you. And we like to give out a special welcome to our sponsor from Magic Mind. Check it out on our website. We do have a coupon code to save you some money on their products. And today we're going to be taking a quick look at the Chinese marketplace and how it has reached the saturation point. And yes, like I said in the beginning, Cherry is one of the first Chinese car companies I ever saw. And then at Detroit, not too far after that, Dongfang and Bid became other ones that I noticed. Their designs weren't the coolest, their products seemed kind of cheap, and I had an understanding that these vehicles were eventually going to be coming to the North American marketplace. Now, nearly 20 years later, I am still sitting here waiting for them to arrive. I'm going to be witnessing our first Vietnamese car company coming to the shores of North America within the next 12 months, but still no Chinese. Bid is one of the closest with selling buses. But besides that, not a whole heck of a lot have even come. Candy Tech is one of the few, and they have actually only released some of their vehicles under the exclusion of not being able to be used on roadways, similar to that of Mahindra and their Jeep-inspired off-road side-by-side. So these are vehicles that farmers can use out in their field, but you can't legally drive on the road. To see an actual Chinese manufacturer on the road is something we still haven't seen. Cherry is still looking at entering the North American marketplace, and they're looking to do it with their Exceed brand, which may come under the Vantis brand in North America. Yes, again, new names for the same company. Mullen Automotive is a brand new one, but they are the ones selling the Quantu sports car from China. The electric sports car from one of the very few car companies' names who start with a Q. Is this as close as we're ever going to get to the Chinese marketplace in North America? Could be. But like we said, they're oversaturated. Every single year, we see new companies come out. New sub-brands. Like Dongfang is one of the worst ones for this. Dongfang Fengshan, Dongfang Forthing, Dongfang Alias, Dongfang Fengwang, and Dongfang Fenggong. These are all sub-brands of the same freaking company. How they even have a new one, Voya, which doesn't use Dongfang on its name. It's just Voya. 
But why do you need all these sub-brands? Look at that. There's five right there. Then you add Voya into the mix. That's six. Six different divisions. At the 2008 global crisis, how many divisions did General Motors have? Well, let's take a look. General Motors Corporation, Chevrolet, Pontiac, Buick, Cadillac, Saturn, Oldsmobile, Hummer, and then a partnership with Isuzu and Suzuki, and Fuji Industrial, which is Subaru. They sold off Fuji Industrial to Toyota. Suzuki bought back its shares. They still have a slight partnership with Isuzu. Hummer got killed off. Saab got killed off. Forgot about Saab. Saturn was laid to rest. Pontiac was laid to rest. Oldsmobile was already on its way out, but it was finally given the final boot out the door. And in the end, we wound up with GMC, Chevrolet, Buick, and Cadillac. Four divisions. Why? Because those four divisions only hit the three select parts of the marketplace. China hasn't figured out that there are only select portions of the marketplace you need to hit. There's the standard economy range, there's the premium range, well, premium luxury range, and then there's the premier high end range. Now you can have divisions on all of this. Chrysler used to do it with the premium brand for Chrysler, Dodge for sedans, sport vehicles, and pickup trucks, now broken out to the Ram brand. They had Jeep for SUVs. They had dedicated brands for specific segments of the marketplace. But you can't just do that anyway, either. Like Jeep isn't a big marketplace now, but if the SUV and CV craze blow up tomorrow and nobody wants them, what does Jeep do? Their entire lineup falters. China has a problem now. Like we get it. Dongfang and the alias brand is their electric brand, where Dongfang's trying to move into the future. So they created a sub brand for an electric brand of vehicle, similar to that of Toyota and the Prius, but all the other brands. Like their Forthing brand is supposed to be one step up from the standardized Dongfang brand. But Voya falls into more of a premium category, so the, where does Forthing fit in? Go over to Cherry. Cherry, Cowan, Jetour, Kari, Kilo Auto. Hell, they have a part ownership in Chorus, Reli, Reich, Vantis. So many different divisions. Like the North American marketplace, essentially you need two. The Japanese have learned that. Look at it. Toyota hits everything along the general spectrum. And then Lexus moves at one step up because Toyota also has Toyota truck. They don't need their own dedicated truck brand. It's Toyota truck. Toyota cars, Toyota truck. Toyota also had sports cars, similar to that of Honda with sports cars and even getting close to the supercar area with the NSX. They know those models are halo models and only need a select amount of them. You don't need an entire division for them. But every year we keep finding this out. Changfeng is one of those neat ones. With Lanwen, Kaixin, Hafei, COS, Chana, and now Avatar. They keep adding these brands. They work with different new companies and then they create their own brand between them. Like look at Venusia. It's essentially a Nissan brand run by Dongfeng. Brilliance has Zanoro. Zanoro is just BMW branded vehicles with a different logo. Like when you start looking at a lot of the brands from China, a lot of them fall into the exact same categories. Great Wall Motors is one of those companies that has that point. Great Wall builds trucks. They originally started building trucks for the military and they got into trucks and SUVs, like pickup trucks and SUVs. Well, gee, Great Wall still does trucks, but their SUV brand has branched out into the Haval brand. Not a sub-brand anymore, now it's its own brand. And then Haval wanted to create a product to go right up against Jeep. Great Wall was already doing that, but they decided to create the Tank brand. Now the Tank, which has a Way version and a Haval version, is there. But Tank fits into the same price point as Haval. Way steps up from Haval and becomes the luxury portion of the brand. But even some of Haval's products enter that brand. And now Tank is going from a general spectrum to a luxury spectrum with their vehicles. Now how is that not oversaturation? You have three product ranges that all intermingle with each other. You want 
perfect example of this. We all get it. platform building is great. But do you not remember the Chevrolet Uplander, the Buick Terrazzo, the Saturn Relay, and the Pontiac Montana? All built. Oh, and then Oldsmobile had the silhouette for a while there. But they all looked exactly the same. Some of them have even had the same price points. We get it. You're a Pontiac fan, but you're not a Chevy fan. So you'll buy the Uplander, or you'll buy the, the Montana over the Uplander. Even though they're the same damn thing. This was something that was going on in the 90s. By the early 2000s, people started looking at them and saying they're the exact same thing. An Oldsmobile isn't an Oldsmobile anymore. An Oldsmobile is a GM. A Chevy is a GM. A Buick is a GM. A Pontiac is a GM. A Cadillac is a GM. They're all part of that main umbrella. Like Haval, Aura, Tank, Way. They're all great wall motors. But as of right now in the Chinese marketplace, that saturation point hasn't been hit. Because people still see it as, this is a Haval. This is an Aura. This is a Tank. This is a Way. They're dedicated to the specific brands. But that's also because their marketplace is growing. Gotta remember, up until the 90s, in North America, our markets were growing. You could say our markets are growing now, but really, our markets are stagnant. Remember 2008 in the global crisis? We had a major drop in sales in the North American marketplace. It took a long time to get back up to those sales, and ever since then, we've been hovering around specific numbers. Even though we have more population now in North America than we did 10 years ago, when we were fighting to get back up to those numbers, we are hovering, not growing. Similar feats in Europe as well, where they're starting to see their populations decrease in some countries. China has now allowed the two-child even in the city so they can increase their population, seeing that if they hadn't done that, you know, by 2040, 2050, their population could start to shrink. Well, they want to keep it growing. So there's still more and more people every single year entering the automotive world in China. So you can have these tons and tons of vehicles. 2008 global crisis in North America showed us that too many divisions can't work. When the entire market gets to a point where it has hit the saturation point, all you need is one global fallout to weed out all of the companies that everybody thinks are the exact same as others. Also, Beale and Pontiac were very similar to that of Chevrolet. Plymouth was essentially just another version of Dodge. Mercury was Ford with a little bit of premium factor to it. But considering that Lincoln isn't a full-scale luxury brand, it can handle the premium end of the market as well. So why do we need Mercury? Sure, you can't go downtown and buy a Mercury or two anymore, but you can buy things on a spectrum from $12,000 all the way up past $180,000 for Ford products. As of right now, as I'm looking at it, I have it in front of me, the umbrella corporations. This doesn't include all the small car companies in China, the main conglomerate corporations. There's 22 of them. We're talking like Brilliance Group, Cherry International, FAW Group, Dongfang Motor, Weichai, Shanghai Automotive Group, JAC Motors, Guangzhou Automotive, Great Wall Motors, Geely, Yulon, Zote. They're all major automobile corporations. But like we said, they haven't hit that saturation point. If you take a listen back to our podcast that we had back in 2021 about divisions, automobile company divisions, and how in the beginning of the 20th century, there was set price lines between vehicles. And back then they had price points. General Motors was famous for this. That's why they bought out so many different divisions. They wanted so many different price points. Chevrolet and Holden were at the bottom, you know, from 500 to about $750. Then from 740 to $900, you had Pontiac and Oakland. Then you moved up to the Oldsmobile of the 875 to 1035. Then you moved up to the Marquis, 900 to 1000. Then you moved up, sorry, to the Oakland, which was 1145, 1375. Then you moved up to the Viking Oldsmobile. 1595, then Buick 1195, LaSalle 2295, Cadillac 3295, and up. Each had their own set 
price point. Now, really, until you started getting in just past Oakland and into Viking and Oldsmobile, you didn't see a major change in the interior of your vehicle. There wasn't a whole heck of a lot of differences between Chevrolet, Pontiac, Oldsmobile, Marquis, Oakland, or Holden. There wasn't a whole heck of a lot, but people were willing to pay for that. It wasn't until the early to mid-90s that we saw markets like this show up again. Because General Motors, tied in with Suzuki, added in the Geo brand at the very end of the spectrum. That was the economy brand. You went from Geos into Chevrolets. And in between that, you can squeeze a Saturn in there. But Saturn still ran in Chevrolet's price point. Then from Chevrolet, you had Pontiac, then Oldsmobile, then Buick, and then Cadillac. They all ran their grounds. You had Ford, and then Mercury, then Lincoln. In Chrysler Corporation, you had the Eagle brand, Plymouth, Dodge, Chrysler. Now, even back in the original days, you had Plymouth, Fargo, Dodge, DeSoto, Chrysler. Throughout the years, they added a new, new brands. They had Valiant show up just below the Plymouth brand between the 60s and 70s. And then from the 50s and 70s, they shrined out the Imperial brand for essentially a high-end end of the spectrum. Some of the Chinese oversaturated companies are doing this. FAW Group is one of those. You get FAW, which builds anything. They're the conglomerate that owns everything. But FAW also builds the entry-level vehicles. They're the economy builder for this market. Then you move to HEMA, which is more of their standardized brand. A lot of their vehicles look like original Mazdas, but they're standardized. Then you move to Best which kind of is the end spectrum of Chevrolet moving into the Buick. So they start getting in that, you know, sporty premium feel. And then at the top of the end, you get Honky. Honky is your luxury, premier, and even high-end product range. They are the luxury arm of FAW. And that's it. They have their four brands. Of course, now they also have SciTech thrown into the mix, but SciTech is the new electric division. This is something we've talked about before in a previous podcast about the Polestar way and how creating an electric division on its own can help you out in the future where you can move FAW and eventually FAW can come in and gobble up SciTech. As long as the SciTech name doesn't become bigger than the FAW name, it can come in and take it over and become the FAW electric division. Short of how Renault Samsung just happened. Renault kind of gave up on the Samsung brand and Samsung didn't want to be part of it anymore. So now it is known as Renault of Korea. They don't need that extra brand. Why don't you? Like we said, there's a lot of different brands that have been brought out there. And a lot of different brands brought out to compete against other brands. Like we said, Zanaro from Brilliance is an electric version of BMWs. Brilliance wanted to do that on their own, but because they had a partnership with BMW, couldn't. So they utilized their vehicles to build the Zanaro platform and try and bring it a little lower class to go underneath BMW so they wouldn't compete directly with it. But when you have multiple divisions doing the exact same thing, like we said, Chevrolet, Pontiac, and Oldsmobile, by the 80s, were the exact same companies doing the exact same things. Look at the Chevy Venture, Pontiac Montana, and also Beal Silhouette. They all look the same. The only difference is the Montana looks a little sportier, the Oldsmobile looks like it's got a bit more luxury, and Chevrolet looks like it's at the bottom end of the entire spectrum as an economy product. Having multiple divisions doesn't always have. Ford proved that when they sold off their premier automotive group. By getting rid of Volvo, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Aston Martin, they cleared up a lot of issues. Without having to look after all of those separate divisions, they could focus solely on Ford and Lincoln. Now, you might say that about Korean automobile companies too, how Kia and Hyundai are still separated from each other, but are very similar in the same respects. Kia still falls in the lines of being an economy to a premium brand, where Hyundai falls in the line of a standard brand to a premium brand. And in some cases, moving 
building almost into a luxury field. They did at one point, but then they broke apart and got Genesis. So in China, with all of these multitude of car companies, in the next 20 years, we're going to start to see a lot of these companies either shudder, falter, or merge together, with only a few of them coming out alive. There's only one market in the world that has managed to keep all of its main companies, and that is Japan. But Japan, those companies only built those cars. Toyota is Toyota. Honda is Honda. Mazda is Mazda. Suzuki is Suzuki. Zuzu is Zuzu. Nissan is Nissan. And Subaru is Subaru. Only Subaru and Toyota are together today. Everyone else is still separate. So unless China can bring down the amount of sub-brands in all of their major automobile makers, when they hit that saturation point in their marketplace, which is going to happen in the next 20 years, these companies are going to start to fall. Divisions like Tank are going to fall. Companies like Fujian Motors, Yulon Motors, or Daeyun are either going to resort back to their original product offerings or are going to completely disappear. A company like Cherry International and Bid could wind up joining forces together. It's it's all part of the automotive marketplace. It's happened before and it'll happen again. China is just the next automotive market that we'll see it happen to. It happened in North America and by the 1950s, all of the little players started getting knocked off. And by the 60s, most of them were gone. There is no Studebaker, there is no Hudson, there is no Packard, there is no Duesenberg. They are gone. And in Great Britain, they lost a lot of as well. British Motor Works picked up the remnants of all of the failing car companies and still it couldn't hold it together in a marketplace that was because becoming oversaturated with products from other nations. And now that China has opened the floodgates to foreign ownership of automobile companies in their own home country, oversaturation is about to happen. And with companies like Volkswagen and Toyota gaining ground in the Chinese marketplace, it's only a matter of time before the major Chinese automakers start to fall. So really, in the end, it's creating all of these new sub-brands and subdivisions and sub-companies for these Chinese automakers a good thing. When the oversaturation point is nearing a lot of these companies are going to have to take a step back and relook at their entire product plan they're going to have to start to focus on select areas because it is easier to focus on one thing than 12 things at the same time and if the chinese marketplace wants any proof of that just look at general motors and how many companies they have owned over the years and how many they own today GM hit its saturation point in 2008, and now GM is only focusing on what they have. So if you like this podcast, please like, share, or comment. Hell, send it to your friends, family, and co-workers. Piss off your boss and send this podcast to him and say, hey, maybe you should take a look at how the fact that they are oversaturating the market in China, and maybe our business is kind of doing that with the 300 different products we sell instead of focusing on our four core products. Apple was the prime example of that. They focus on core products products only and only one or two outside of those do they ever look at when all eyes are on very limited amount of products you can make the best guess for the future so share it with your boss and really piss them off and if you like what you heard go to the website go to autolux.net take a look around check out some of our rated pages look at some of the chinese car companies go to the corporate links website go down along the right hand column until you find china written there click it and check out all of the chinese car companies there are tons of them you can take a look at and there are more coming out every single year so stop take a time and take a look and if you really want to kill some time we got music videos and we got our help page which has links to video games games toys and even gt tuning that allows you to build your own vehicle 
Bowls. We'd like to give a thank out to our sponsors and along and another great thank out to Potbeam for hosting us and getting us out there. Thank you yet again. So for myself, Everett J, and the whole Autolux team here, strap yourself in for this one oversaturated ride that China is showing us. 